Welcome to Precon Geeks, the podcast where precon folks geek out on all things pre-construction. Every week, we'll talk about trends impacting the construction industry and emerging tech. You can also tune in to hear exclusive interviews with industry experts. Excited to hear more? Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts now and visit www.beck-technology.com. Welcome to Precon Geeks. I'm your host, John Reich, and I'm here with the interim assistant to the Precon Geeks co-host, Jan Barron, is joining us today. Welcome, Jan. Glad to be back. Always a good time. Yeah, it's uh, always a good time to sit down and chat with you about Precon. Um, again, we're Precon Geeks. We like to just geek out on what everything Precon and talk about things that are affecting the Precon process and the general construction industry. Um, so today... Um, I was basically looking through Reddit and Suzanne sent over this uh, Reddit article about a GC asking a sub for costs and why that necessarily might cause some subs to have pause or some trade partners to have pause about what exactly, what information are they actually trying to give out? And I thought it'd be a good topic for us to talk about transparency in pre-con. So hopefully you can uh, give us all your knowledge and, and bring us all enlightenment at the end of this conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I saw that same conversation and it was generally along the lines of somebody new to commercial subcontracting uh, ran into a, a request from their general contractor post award uh, for a lot of backup information to their, uh, to their ult ultimate bid cost, uh, including specific dollars being paid, uh, committed to s specific vendors of the subcontractor. And they weren't used to that. We're just trying to gauge, you know, is this normal for commercial construction? And uh, the, the conversation that that uh, followed that was fairly interesting. You get to learn a little bit about uh, how different uh, people, regions, uh, submarkets uh, interact with the the billing environment and the level of transparency that's uh, kind of required or expected in different segments of the of the overall AEC uh, industry. So, yeah, it was an interesting topic. And as as Reddit can go, like there's some very strong and liberal opinions. Uh, people pretty loose with their thoughts, and it's always it's always a fun read. Yeah, we've done we've done a few rabbit holes I would not expect. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so. If, if you're on Reddit and you're looking at it and you find that exact conversation, we probably won't follow along with it directly. We're, we're kind of just going to riff off uh, some themes from it. But uh, um, the big thing I I like to take out of it, and this is one thing that I've always struggled with in pre-con myself, is, you know, everyone wants that open book, transparent contractor, right? They, they want to be able to feel like there's nothing being, you know, hidden, for lack of a better term. Um, so, you know, how transparent do you think we need to be? How far down does that go? Like, do we need to be fully open book where we show them everything or do we need to just show them just enough to get by? It, it's this <laughs> it's this weird dance uh, that we that we play in the construction industry uh, where you're kind of always in sales mode uh, for one thing. Uh, yeah, we're always always afraid to lose a client. Uh, and so no matter what, you're always thinking, you know, even though you want to squeeze every last drop of profit out of a project uh, for good reason, you know, it's not it's not sheer greed. Uh, it's just you got got to make a profit in order to run a business. But we 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 end up 
terrified, paranoid that we're going to lose a client or that you know, we want to make sure that we get the next project with this client if we kind of undersold it um, uh, the first time. And, and so we tend to be yes men when it comes to yep. uh, the, the ask for details. Uh, but I think what ultimately owners are getting uh, or striving for uh, kind of like you you mentioned is, is just a level of trust with their builder that they're not getting taken advantage of and unfortunately there seems to be this perception of the 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 construction industry especially with general contractors uh that everybody's been everybody's been screwed by a contractor or every contractor is kind of a crook uh and unfortunately it's one of those situations where a few bad apples just rots the whole basket and uh, we, we all live with that stigma. And so once we have a, a client uh, that uh, trusts us enough to come back, you know, get that repeat business that we that builders always brag about 80 percent of our annual volume is repeat business. And, you know, trying right. to relate that trust. Uh, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting dance to try and give them enough to keep them satisfied, but hold enough back so that you don't feel like you're um, you're being taken advantage of, or that you know by them seeing so much detail into how the sausage is being made uh, that they ask questions you're not ready to answer. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. I mean, and that's I think it's it's funny because it's our margins in construction are so so tight i mean it's not like we have these huge fees that we're making on jobs i mean you're talking single percentage points uh on most projects and you know honestly the bigger you go the the lower that margin gets so mm-hmm. it's kind of funny that uh we're so scared to, to share the information when it's like really aren't making that much money on it so i mean and, and no one in the industry is making significantly different fees they're they're, they're generally about the same um so what kind of tra- what kind of situation would you say um, that would require this kind of transparency? Because I think that's something that if you're a trade partner, you might not be fully aware of that there's situations sometimes where a you know an owner will stipulate we need to see all this information and there's good reasons for it. So can you give us a yeah. few of those? Yeah. So um, one of the big ones uh, that some subcontractors outside of maybe the the owners or managers of the subcontracting firms might not be aware that in your subcontract uh, with the general contractor you're actually held to the terms of the prime contract in most cases uh, hence why you're considered a subcontractor um, you have that buffer of the gc kind of going to bat for you and being and protecting you to some extent from the owners uh um, evil eye, so to speak, you know, but uh, not that all owners are evil, just saying. <laughs> no, not, not, saying not, not at all. Not at all. Just a, a Lord of the Rings reference. The all seeing eye maybe yeah. would have been a better way to put it. Um, and the. Uh, and so a lot of those prime contracts uh, are modeled after standard AIA uh, language that affords the owner a an incredible amount of insight into where their money is going and and again not for uh not for nefarious reasons some of it's built on case law some of it's built on statutory requirements you know with the state or or federal uh 
uh, uniform commercial code and um, it it can be um, quite cumbersome for general contractors to uh, to provide all of this information uh, to taking you know whatever format they get from the 50 to 100 subcontractors they've got on a building project and compile it in a way that's consumable for uh, the owner to review and understand is is right. quite an undertaking. Uh, I haven't met met a project accountant that l loves this part of their week. <laughs> no. Um, and uh, and so you know, and that's just a general construction market. But then you've also got situations like a certified payroll uh, for government contracts, uh, where uh, you're not only uh, finding out how much each individual was being paid, but how much was the base rate and how much was their uh, burden per contract and balancing and reconciling right. all that. And, and a lot of this uh, stems from a, a, a desire to enforce good stewardship, stewardship of the owner's money. And in case, in the case of uh, government contracts and the, the taxpayer's money. Um, and there could be an argument like we could have a whole nother podcast episode on the efficacy of these, uh, of these requirements and the amount of work that, uh, folk firms have to put into to provide this information and whether or not it's adding value, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but that's where most of it's coming from is it's driven by the contract. It's not because the general contractor is nosy or even cares. You know, he just wants to pass the dollars through, put his markup on it and and, and have a weekend for once. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are those? Uh, right, exactly. Um, it's, and there's probably a myriad other uh, other reasons that there's kind of this lift up your uh, lift up your skirt uh, kind of feeling uh, to these levels of transparency and uh, overall I don't know that it's healthy um, but I don't know that there's a potential solution yeah I think I mean because a lot of these um, at least my history if you're asking for additional vendor information or hey how much did you buy from how much did you pay for materials and things like that most of the time, it actually is coming from a relatively good place. It's like if you're working on a local government job and they ask, are you buying from local suppliers? That's intended to keep the government money for that municipality in that location so that you're not buying lumber from Canada whenever there's a lumber yard that's a local, locally owned business, pays local taxes that uh, is you know 20 minutes away. So that, yeah. I mean, that's really most where where I've seen it come from is it's actually trying to protect the people who are funding the project or or going to benefit from the project the most. It's just funny because you know the second you start asking these questions, the immediate reaction is well, why are you asking me? Why you know I don't want to tell you that information, and I just I think that's so kind of backwards in the industry as a whole. Yeah, and I, th I it obviously comes from a position of fear, right? Where uh, when you're asked the question, your your knee jerk reaction is, "Oh no, now I have to uh, to I have to play hide the hide the golden egg." Yeah, uh, and you know, or they're gonna they're gonna say that you, know, you can't mark it up twenty percent. You can only mark it up eighteen point five, and I'm gonna lose you know gonna lose my bonus for the season or whatever. Uh, and you're right. Most of the time, it, it's coming from an honest place. Uh, and let's be honest: with building projects, the dollar values that are that we're talking about are multiples of an individual's salary. So even though they're small percentages of the overall cost, they're still big numbers. Right. 
and and so there there is a definite concern wanting to account for those things i you know to your point earlier uh, especially with uh, municipal projects, they want to know uh, that if anything, for some silly, selfish campaigning reason, that you know, yada 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 project, uh, you know, kept 40% of a you know $500 million project within 20 miles, and uh, you know, and that's all it is of a talking point. Uh, yeah, and I I don't think it's bad for whether you're a general contractor or subcontractor to from a good position yourself ask you know why do you want the information uh, from perspective of um, why do you want the information so uh, let me know how, why you want the information and i can you know format it in a way that makes sense so you know if, if it's a general contractor asking uh, a subcontractor for you know, who are your material vendors for X, Y, and Z? You know, the GC might just be fulfilling a contractual obligation to the owner. They might be, you know, providing some sort of marketing material uh, for the owner, especially if it's a public entity. You know, so yeah, as long as you're coming at it from a good, from a good position yourself, um, I don't think you're going to run afoul of just asking why. Yeah, and I think that why is is really important too because why people are doing things then you can understand where it's coming from and you can make sure you give them the information that actually fits their need so if they come mm -hmm. to me and they say hey how much are you paying for that material for your vendor or if i'm asking a sub that and um i'm asking because i want to update my cost database that's a different answer that they're going to give me which i, I understand that but i might just be asking the wrong question so i think right. sometimes we have to make sure well, what's the question you're really asking? And if they say, hey, it's just to update my cost database. Okay, well, that's a 20 minute exercise probably for a trade partner to give me unit costs for things. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes if it's, we just need to know who the vendor is and what that cost is so we can show tax benefits to the local municipality. Okay, that's yep. a very different, that's a very different task. And granted that second one is a lot more cumbersome and requiring a lot more work, but but again, it's coming from a really good place and your local vendor should be more than happy to provide that because A, it you know, it's kind of publicizes their involvement in the project, which is always good for a local guy is like, hey, I'm supplying all the concrete for this massive hospital down the road. Like that's gonna get should get you some goodwill with the locals, hopefully. Mm -hmm. It's just all about what what you're trying to get out of it and what the right question is. Yeah. And for for most folks, for most firms, they're you know they're not just working with one client on one project for the entire fiscal cycle. Um, and so if you run into a situation where the owner or, the, or your general contractor is is being nefarious with the information and trying to nickel and dime you to pad their own pocket, like it's gonna stink, fulfill your contractual obligation and just blacklist them. Like that, they're, those people are gonna learn. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, and it's going to end up costing them. Yeah, it's going to be a pain in your butt for a few months, but you can move on if you're a contractor or a sub worth uh, worth your salt. And uh, but I did want to play a scenario out for you that I've seen a few times in my career, and and just kind of get your hot take on it. Where, um, oh, hot take coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the so the situation is you you you've won the job, you're past GMP, and you've uh, you're helping the uh, ops or accounting prepare the, the first invoice. 
And in your contract, it's a standard, uh, it's a standard industry standard contract that requires backup out the wazoo. Mm -hmm. And, um, but instead of providing that, uh, you, you play the game of trying to guess how much information is enough to get the billing approved and, and you paid, um, rather than, you know, just reading the contract as, as is and inundating them with all the information that they asked for, even if they don't even, aren't even aware of it, in the hopes that with the less information that you provide, either the easier your job is or the easier it is to, I, I don't want to say it, but, but uh, pass some costs through that might have been um, missed. I don't, I don't, just kind of, you probably have seen this scenario at least once in your career where it's like, let's give, let's give the owner, let's give the general the least amount of information that we think they want yep. and then let them come back and ask us for more. Unfortunately, I have lived through that. Uh, I'm not <laughs> going to name the project or any firms or anything, but I was a change <laughs> order manager on a fairly large project. And that was every single change order that we got. Yeah, and mm -hmm. We had to document it like crazy, just like any other change order. And the standard process was, I'm going to give you one lump sum. Okay, well, I'm going to come back to you and I need the breakdown of labor materials, all that junk. And um, it was just pulling teeth to get everyone to do it. And it, I, I've never really understood why you would approach it that way. Um, because it just makes everyone, it makes it into an adversarial relationship from the start. So like if mm -hmm. I'm having to come back and continually ask you for additional information, um, like the first time, fine. Like one time you get a pass because whatever, you might not have read the contract fully or whatever. But if it's a continuous thing, that just, it, it's no fun for anyone. It's, I'm then I'm aggravated at you. You get aggravated at me because all this extra work you feel like you have to do that you don't want to. Um, it it just doesn't make sense to me. It's it's like we are all adults. We're all grown. Like read your contracts. You signed it. You should understand what's in it. Make sure that you're mm -hmm. abiding by it. And if you don't want to abide by the contract, then don't sign it in the first place. I mean, and sometimes sometimes the best job, the best contracts you sign or the best contracts you get are the ones that you don't actually sign, if that makes sense. Like the best jobs you get are you walk away from it because it doesn't fit your business or you don't want to have to deal with it. And sometimes that can be a win in the long run because you don't have all the headaches to deal with. Um, I just, I've never understood that, but yeah, I've, I've lived through that. It's, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal on everyone involved. Yeah. And so like, I don't know, it, <laughs> it's brutal. It's ugly. It's gross. I always feel icky after yep. it's over. Um, no one walks away clean from those types of jobs at all. Yeah, hundred percent. And and I'm wondering, like, how do you fix it? Because <laughs> that that's one of the few. That's one of the many areas where it's just like I feel like the the industry is broken to some extent. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we have all these amazing opportunities to do incredible things in the built environment. Um, and we're hindered by these silly games that consume enormous amounts of resources of people's time, effort, technology, uh, to play these games that in the long run don't help anyone. Uh, how, how do you fix it from the subs perspective, from the GC's perspective, from the owner's perspective, from the architect's perspective? Like, 
I'm at a loss. Oh, if I if I knew how to solve that, I I'd probably just uh, give some TED talks and do the speaking circuit for the rest of my life, and that'd be it. It's I think that's a a large, a big hairy question that I don't think anyone has an answer to. But I do think the underlying piece of it is kind of that fear of losing out, like you said, and also the every job I've ever worked on that had any kind of public component. Um, everyone second guesses you from the from the beginning is mm -hmm. uh, like one of my first projects i was on a church and we built the Ooh. job it was great Those they loved hard. it and but literally the day after they they opened it up everyone in the congregation all of a sudden knew a guy who could have done it for the you know done it cheaper done it better oh mm -hmm. oh yeah well you could have called me i i know a i have a carpet guy that's great it's like We've been to 16 carpet companies in this area. If if your guy isn't on that list, he's not worth anything. But that doesn't change anything. They still, everyone has that. We could have gotten a better deal. We could have done it better. And it, I don't know how to solve for that. That's just human nature. I don't think we ever will. I think that's just how people are. So unfortunately. How, do, how, do, how can we, how can we lead our project partners down a path to, I guess, maybe mitigate some of the worst of this lack of transparency, desire for full transparency. You know, I think in, in a sidebar conversation, you had mentioned the word translucent rather than yeah. transparency. Like, how do we how do we instill that trust without um, without turning a blind eye to some of the valid concerns? I think that's the trust part is the key the key part of it to me is um if it's if it's a gc like if i'm as a gc bidding with a sub and i can trust them they can trust me i want to build that relationship with them over time and then you know they know that if i ask a question of them it's not because i'm just trying to nickel and dime them i mean mm -hmm. i guess the worst thing you can do on any level of contracting is uh, go in and start nickel and diming like you can ask questions about why something is so expensive and that there's there's a way to approach it um if, if tell me why this cost is not what i expected but if you go into the um i need you to cut your number because you're way too expensive that's starting to get into like now i'm not trusting you and that's that's approach it from a different way um that i don't think is really healthy for anyone in the industry but uh you know like I said, that's that's gonna be tough to get through. I'm not uh, I'm not confident if I have the enough brain power to be able to solve that one. So, no, that that all makes sense. Uh, it, it almost sounds like if you, if we were to kind of distill this conversation into a soundbite and kind of the overarching theme of many of the the precast uh, precon podcasts and and other construction industry podcasts and. Uh, um, speaking speakers at conferences, like it all really comes down to good buildings are built on good relationships. Absolutely, that's the that's that's a great ending point. We'll uh, we'll wrap <laughs> it up there and call it a day for for now. Um, I mean, I can't finish it any better than that. So, well done, Jan. Um, <laughs> All right, so we're going to wrap up today. Uh, again, uh, we're brought, by Beck, brought to you by Beck Technology. You can visit our website, www.beck-technology.com, to find out all about us. 
And if you have any ideas for your Precon Geeks podcast in the future, please email them to our newly minted Precon Geek email. It is precongeek at beck-technology.com. Send it in and we'll answer. If you want to come on as a guest, feel free to let us know. We'll be more than happy to have you on. And uh, hope you guys all have a good one. Go in the day.